short uh, passage recording uh, an event that we know as the Ascension. And the the, the title of what I wanted us to, to look at this morning is simply Ascension, as we look at the young church in action. And this event... Actually, there's only three, three books in the Bible that, that record it. Two of the Gospels and Acts. And between them, they only use eight verses to record this event. And yet it is a critical, key event in the life of the church, in the life of the kingdom of God. It's a key event in Jesus' life. And yet it can so easily get missed. I don't know about you, but, but as I've grown up, uh, and I've, I've had the privilege of growing up in a Christian environment, but actually ascension is not something that particularly got celebrated in, in, in the churches I was a part of. But traditionally in the church calendar, it, it happens 40 days after Easter, so often it falls on a Thursday. This Thursday coming, the 9th of May, is actually ascension day. But I think I've kind of missed it so often. I haven't really paid attention to what's going on here. And yet, it is a hugely significant moment in history. That, thanks God, that thank God touches our story. Touches our lives today and indeed our futures. And I wanted just to look three things nice and neatly this morning that Jesus' ascension tells us. It tells us, first of all, that heaven is a present and actual physical reality. Jesus' ascension tells us that his earthly mission is completed and the end of an era comes. And Jesus' ascension tells us that he will return. Hallelujah. He will return. Three things to have a look at this morning. But before I do that, I wonder, do you want to just pass that around and take one of those as you go? Let me just, uh, Wendy, could you just pass that around there? Just take, take one of those and uh, I'll come and uh, just do that. So just a bunch of seeds. Take a seed and uh, hold on to it. There should be plenty for everybody. So uh, I was told that uh, I had to keep some of these because the girls want to grow some of these things in the garden. But uh, just uh, pass those around. I wonder, anyone know what they are? You're not supposed to eat them just yet. (laughs) Sorry? Peas. There are some very cultured people here. There, pea seeds. So just uh, keep passing them around until everyone has a pea seed in their hand. Has everyone got... Peace be with you. Oh, please. (laughs) That's a cracker. Good. Okay. So they're pea seeds. They're great. They're lovely little dry, shriveled things. But for those peas to grow, they need to be put in the ground. They need to be put out of sight. But right now, physically, you are holding onto a pea seed. And I want you just to hold on to it through the, the next few minutes because I, I'll refer to it a couple more times. But, but just take that pea seed and then you can take it home with you. And you do what you like with it. You can lose it. You can find it in your pocket six months from now. You might even think about planting it. But hold on to it for now. 
You see, the ascension wasn't just a kind of a, an incidental add-on, like kind of having alloy wheels on a nice car. Actually, it's as important as having wheels on the car, the ascension. It had to happen. And actually, in the early centuries of the church, after Jesus ascended, they regarded it as actually part of the whole resurrection story. We get dead excited about Easter, don't we? We love Easter Day. Easter Day here was such a celebration. But actually, the ascension is, is, is as important as Easter Day. Let's take a look at why that might be as we look at these three things this morning from these three very small verses. And the first thing to say is that that Jesus' ascension, oh, that's difficult to say, isn't it? Jesus' ascension, too many apostrophes and S's in there, tells us that heaven is a present, actual, physical reality. Verse 9 after Jesus had said what he'd said, he was taken up before their very eyes. Physically, bodily, Jesus was taken from the disciples. He didn't just vanish into thin air like a genie. He didn't retire to a mountain retreat into obscurity just to fade away in retirement. Jesus was physically taken from the disciples. He has gone to a place that is physically and actually there, even though it is out of our view. Just as when you plant your seed into the ground and then you walk away, that seed is physically and actually in the ground, even though you can no longer see it. Jesus physically and actually was taken from us and ascended into heaven. And if he was physically and actually taken from us, then he was taken to a physical, actual place. Some of you might recall that as as the kind of the the astronauts in the 60s started to go up into space and stuff, there was maybe speculation that somebody would find heaven as they shot up in a rocket and went through the clouds and went through the atmosphere and up into space. And they came back down and said, "Uh uh-uh, not there. But just because the astronauts didn't find it does not mean to say that heaven is not there. Because Jesus ascended into heaven as he said he would. Jesus spoke of so much in scripture that he said would happen as he came to earth, as he came to die, as he came to be risen from the dead and it happened and he spoke of heaven and so we can trust his words that it is true and actually it's quite reasonable for us to look up heavenward in kind of search of heaven because in scripture often the way that scripture communicates with us as human beings we we have our space and time 
conception. And scripture often speaks of going upward to heaven. Think of Jacob's ladder in the Old Testament and that amazing picture of of movement between heaven and earth. We'll see later on in Acts, as Stephen is stoned to death, he looks up and he sees Jesus standing there, ready to receive him. The word that is used in the, the NIV translation, a couple of times in verse 10 and in verse 11, sky, the Greek word is uranon, which is often translated as heaven. And so one of the wonderful realities is that heaven is physically and actually there. Why is that wonderful? Well, it's wonderful because Jesus' ministry continues in heaven. He's not gone up there and is just sitting there fishing, waiting for us to come again and and to, to come up to him or for him to come back down. He is active in heaven. John chapter 14, verses 2 and 3 Beautifully, sensitively, caringly, Jesus speaks to his disciples after he said that he is going to go from them. And he says, I am going to prepare a place for you. If I don't go, how can I do that? Some wonderful words. In my Father's house there are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. Jesus is preparing a place for all those who through repentance and faith in him Follow him. Not through good works, not through trying to be a nice person, not through trying to do all the right things, but through the grace of God. By the death and resurrection of Jesus, we can hope to be with him in the place that he has prepared for us. But you know, Jesus isn't simply preparing a place for us. I had a kind of slightly irreverent image as I was preparing this of kind of, you know, the DIY SOS big build thing, the kind of frantic last-minute preparations of dressing the room or grand designs. Jesus isn't on some massive great grand designs project simply making a nice place for us. He's far more active than that. Yes, he's preparing a place for us. But let me just read you some word from Hebrews chapter 7. Because Jesus being actually and presently and physically in heaven right now, actively preparing a place for us, Hebrews chapter 7 verse 35 tells us this. No, verse 25, I apologise. Therefore he, Jesus, is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. How about that? Right now, in heaven, Jesus, the risen Saviour, is interceding to the Father for you. He knows what you are struggling with. He knows what you are wrestling with. And he's praying for you. He's rooting for you. He's saying, keep going. 
Keep running the race. Fix your eyes on the author and perfecter of our faith. Because you will get there. Don't be turned by all that that would lead you to sin. but, But keep your eyes fixed. He is rooting for you in heaven right now. How cool is that? That Jesus is right now rooting for each one of us. I think that's amazing. I think that's exciting. Because actually whatever stuff I face, I know that my saviour is holding on for me. And I find that just mind-boggling. So as we see the ascension, we see that Jesus physically and actually went from this earth to a place that is physical and actual and real and one day will be there for us as we go to be with him. That's number one. Second thing, Jesus' ascension tells us that his earthly mission was completed. It was the end of an era. I can remember one sunny Saturday afternoon in June 2007. It was the culmination, actually, of of many years of me running away from God. And then God in his mercy kind of saying, come on, fella, get on with it. I'd finished training at, at, at Bristol Baptist College. And this sunny June afternoon, I was being ordained as a minister. And it was a significant day for me, for my family, for for the church that had supported me, for the church that I was going to. I was ordained to serve God as a minister. And there were many miracles that had taken me along that path. But you know, a shockwave hit me that day. Thierry Henry was leaving Arsenal to go to Barcelona. What?! Thierry Henry, he was leaving. How was Arsenal going to cope without him? I can remember in the midst of all this wonderful spiritual stuff being pig sick because he'd scored so many goals for Arsenal. He was just reliable. You knew that if he showed up, there was a good chance that the team would perform and he was leaving. How much more? must the disciples that day have been thinking, man alive, what are we going to do now? Our star man is leaving us. But Jesus had to go. Just to bring it back down to basics, I mean, if Thierry Henry hadn't left, then Robin Van Persie would never have come along and shone, would he? But coming back to something a little bit more studious, perhaps, The disciples must have been gutted, but he had to go. The end of the era had to come where Jesus was serving on earth. But Jesus had it covered. Men of Galilee, verse 11. The two men dressed in white stood beside them. Why do you stand here looking into the sky? Well, I tell you why. Because Jesus has just gone up in a cloud. That's why. But, as they said that, they're saying... We got it covered. Jesus has got it covered. This is part of the plan. 
It's okay. It's okay. Don't forget, he's just commissioned you to be my witnesses in all Judea, Jerusalem, to the ends of the earth. Oh, and in Samaria as well. Don't forget that, people. So Jesus' mission on earth was completed, bringing to the end of an era. But it was a pretty dramatic conclusion. It was a moment where heaven met with earth, one of the few times we see recorded in Scripture, where there was this incredible meeting of heaven and earth. In Exodus chapter 40, we see the cloud that, 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 that just brought the glory of God to the tent of meeting. And nobody could enter it. In 1 Kings chapter 8, the glory of God descended in a cloud on the temple that Solomon had prepared. In Luke chapter 9, Jesus went up the mountain with three of his disciples and a cloud came down. And the glory of God was present. And God the Father spoke, this is my son, I am well pleased with him. I love that phrase. Makes God sound like a cockney, doesn't it? I'm well pleased. That's maybe irreverent. Apologise if that sounded irreverent. But I love that phrase. I am well pleased with you, Jesus. Well pleased. Here, Jesus' earthly mission was completed with a dramatic moment of heaven touching earth and Jesus receives the glory and the honour that he left behind when he came as a vulnerable child. He walked this earth like you and me and he was crucified, humiliated but he returned to sit at the right hand of the Father in all the splendour of the creator of the world with all the glory that he had from the beginning of time as he says in John chapter 17. And now, having completed his earthly mission, he sits at the right hand of the Father active in his kingly splendour and he has authority over all, over all powers and principalities over Satan and all his demons. Jesus has authority. And he gave us authority in his name that is the same. So it was important that Jesus completed his mission, returned to rule in glory. But it's also important because as he went up, so he made room for the Holy Spirit to come. And in a couple of weeks' time, we'll be looking at Pentecost. Jesus had spoken so much about the Holy Spirit coming. Again, loads in John chapter 14 through 16, if you're taking notes, of of, of the Holy Spirit coming. And again, come back to that seed that you may still have in your hand. Because you see, while you've got a seed in your hand... You've got a seed. But when you plant that seed in the ground, that seed suddenly will burst into life. 
And from that tiny seed will grow a plant. And from that plant will grow fruit. And from that fruit, you can actually plant loads more seeds if you let them dry out. Or you can eat them and be nourished by them. But just as you need to plant a seed in the ground, just as that needs to go in order for there to be fruitfulness, so Jesus needed to return to heaven, end his earthly ministry so that the Holy Spirit could come to dwell amongst us. And you see, whilst Jesus could only be in one place, the Holy Spirit is wherever he is invited to be, and he's working beyond that. The Holy Spirit blows wherever he will go. And he will be at work until Jesus returns. Beautiful view of the Trinity of God at work there. The Father sends the Son, brings the Son back to his side. And they send the Holy Spirit to be at work on the earth until the end of time. So Jesus' ascension tells us that heaven is a real place. It also tells us that that Jesus' ministry was completed. And finally, Jesus' ascension tells us that he will return. Verse 11 tells us, this same Jesus who's been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Just as he left visibly, physically, actually, so will he return visibly, physically, actually to complete his rescue plan for the earth, to judge the living and the dead, to bring justice where justice is required, to bring mercy where mercy is needed. People, we need to see that there is an end point. We can be told that actually this this world is just kind of going around in some kind of a cycle And what comes around goes around, and what goes around comes around, whatever the phrase is. But actually, we are at one point in history heading towards the end of history. And if you're following Jesus today, you might actually even feel like you're just in a bit of a circle, in a bit of a whirlpool. But actually, there is an end point for you. And even whilst you're on earth... Paul tells the Philippians that God will complete the work that he has started in you. And so let's call upon him to complete the work that he started in us right here and now, but that there will be a completion at the end of time. You see, his return will herald a new heaven and a new earth, beautifully described in Revelation 21. Let me just read a couple of bits to you, because it's fantastic. Revelation 21, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them. And will be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death. Or mourning. Or crying. Or pain. 
For the old order of things has passed away. There is a vision of what is to come as Jesus ascended into heaven and we are told that he will return. I wonder is our life lived in the expectation of Jesus' return? Whilst he was ministering on earth time and again, he said, Are you ready? Are you prepared? Because I'll come without announcement. There will be no warning. Are you living, preparing yourself for the return of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords? See, we prepare quite rightly for other stuff, don't we? We prepare for weddings, we prepare for holidays. We prepare for exams, we prepare for interviews, we prepare for all kinds of things and we give it meticulous attention as we see that ahead. But do we live our lives in preparation for the return of the King of Kings? Or do we just shove it to the background and think, yeah, yeah, it hasn't happened yet, so it probably won't happen in my lifetime. And so miss the opportunity to live as Jesus wants us to live. Jesus' ascension is a key moment in history that touches our story. As we conclude, let me just repeat some of the ways in which it maybe touches our story. Maybe just one of these will resonate for you. Maybe the P that you take with you will, will help you to remember something of this. But as Jesus ascended, he now reigns at the right hand of the Father. He's interceding for you right now. As Jesus ascended, he is preparing a place for us. Because he is there and in a real place, we can be comforted that those we have known who have died in Jesus Christ will be there in his presence. Because of the ascension, we are able to be involved in his story by the power of the Holy Spirit, establishing the kingdom of God here on earth as it is in heaven. And of course, his return is in view. And maybe we need to be challenged to be thinking about that this morning as we look at the ascension, perhaps with fresh eyes, perhaps with eyes that have looked again and again at this story. But it's an amazing moment in time. will never be repeated because the next time anything like that happens will be Jesus returning. Let's just pause for a moment and then I'll lead us in prayer.